Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 98 of Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is, and today the return of Perturbator. It's been a long time since I talked to Perturbator. I think that was uh, episode 12. I'm looking at the Beyond Synth playlist. Yes, episode 12. So it's been about three years. We had a lot to catch up on, and that is what we do today. I mean, we did catch up briefly on the Christmas episode. Uh, This is going to be a two-parter, and we're basically focusing on the last two Perturbator albums. Perturbator album? (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Obviously, since I spoke to him last, he released uh, those two albums. So today, we're focusing on Dangerous Days, his album from 2014, and then next week, we will focus on The Uncanny Valley. But as anyone who listens to this show knows, that doesn't mean we're going to be talking too much about the music. (laughs) Because (laughs) it is uh, just as ridiculous as it ever was. So how about this? We're going to listen to some music. We'll talk to Perturbator later in the show. Why am I having trouble saying his name today? Perturbator. I know there's some of you who like to say uh, Perturbator out there, but uh, you're wrong. And I'm right. Now let's listen to some music and uh, get to some business. This is a cool track from Volta off the Sigils album. This is Through the Portal.
And that was Through the Portal by Volta off the Sigils album. And that's a cool track. I dig it. You know, uh, Beyond Synth is brought to you by Down to Jam. You can check it out at downtojam.com. Down to Jam is a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. If you're a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out this site and sign up, downtojam.com. All right, D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. And uh, don't forget to follow Beyond Synth everywhere that Beyond Synth is on the web. It means a lot to me. Likes and subscribes and shit make me happy. So don't forget to uh, like the Beyond Synth Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. And of course, soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. And you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Last. There's also a YouTube channel. And of course, we're going to be adding more videos there because, as you guys know, if you tuned in last week, we reached our first Patreon goal, which is pretty awesome. And I'm really thankful to all the people who have donated to the Patreon. And if you'd like to donate, you can head on over to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. I'll be thanking those guys later in the show but uh, the plan is to put together a video version of beyond synth now it's not going to be the same as the podcast it's probably going to be more of a kind of internet comedy type show but i do plan on keeping some of the things from beyond synth intact so i definitely want to have interviews on there and uh talk about my favorite music of the time the time being when i make the show i'm currently building the set I'm taking a break from set building. I haven't been focused too heavily on editing uh, Beyond Synth lately because I've been building this set, and boy, is it cheap. (laughs) So, for all you people who think you're going to get your money's worth if you donated to the Patreon, just be advised, it's going to look like a very terrible public access TV show. But that is, uh, that's just the way it is, man. And uh, if you're also following stuff on Twitter, don't forget to check out Power85 Radio at Power85 Radio. That is the Twitter for Power85, which is where Beyond Synth airs every week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Thursday nights. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. So let's listen to some more music, and we'll do some more stuff. This is Jimmy Synthetic and the track Time Pursuit.
And that was Time Pursuit by Jimmy Synthetic. A cool song from a cool guy. Jimmy. (laughs) How's everybody doing today? You know, Beyond has a mailing list now. There's so many things, and it's very hard to manage by myself. I need a secretary, but one that I don't have to pay. So if anybody out there wants to be my secretary for free, you know the worst thing is, even if somebody did want to be my secretary for free, I probably still wouldn't trust them. I don't know if you guys are like this, but I self-impose restrictions on myself. Like, I get frustrated that it's so much work putting this show together, and I think, man, I really need help. But at the same time, I've had people offer to help, and I kind of don't want them to, in a weird way. Like, I still like having the control over the edit. I mean, I remember at one point I tried to get someone help me edit the show, and I just remember not enjoying that. Like, it was really important to me that I was in charge of the edit, mostly because out of respect for the artists who come on the show, I mean, the show is edited, you know, just in case anyone said something weird or silly, it it feels weird to me to pass that on to somebody else to edit. It's a confidence thing with the people I have on the show. And then also if I say something stupid, because like, I've been in edit rooms before with people, and whenever the talent says something dumb, I've seen people you know, save clips and uh, laugh about them and stuff like that. And so it'd be really unfortunate, even though (laughs) most of the shit that I say on here ends up in the show. So I don't know what anyone would be able to use against me, but uh, maybe all the (laughs) all the racial slurs I say under my breath. But (laughs) anyway, why am I saying this? Oh, yeah, the mailing list. So Beyond Synth has a mailing list. You can see the link for the mailing list on the SoundCloud. So if you're at Beyond Synth uh, SoundCloud, just click on the uh, Show More button. You'll get links to all the artists featured on the show, and there's a link to the mailing list. So join it. And occasionally I post the link on uh, Twitter as well. But uh, it's right now in its early days. I think I've only sent out like two. And uh, it's not really going to be a weekly thing. It's sort of just whenever I feel like doing it. But oftentimes I send it on Thursdays to remind people to tune into the uh, live show but uh yeah uh, sign up you know it's fun to sign up to things uh and it's also fun to listen to uh great music so let's listen to this track this is Wojciech Goldowski he makes a uh, neat sort of ambient kind of cinematic tracks this is data five Thank you. 
And that was Data 5 by Wojciech Goldowski. And uh, that's from the album Relay Satellite 1, or Relay Sat 1, and then in brackets Data 65. I believe that's what it's called. Sometimes it's hard to tell because artists send me sometimes albums where the uh, titles aren't finished yet or the the album hasn't been finished named. So sometimes I'm looking at the album titles and I'm like, is this the real album title or is this like some working title? I believe that's the real album title. He's had albums in the past that have had sort of similar themes, so I think it's all good. Hey, let's let's go to the mail sack. Alright, this is a mail sack from Ravonia. He says, Hey Andy, congratulations on your almost 100th episode. You're in a really special position where you've seen Synthwave evolve and grow through the years and seasons, in part due to the success of Beyond Synth. I don't know about that. Although, to be fair, I have had people tell me that they discovered the show because, you know, they were looking, you know, say they they were looking for Droid Bishop or something, and that's a common one, actually. (laughs) I've gotten that one a lot. Whenever people like Droid Bishop, then they find Beyond Synth looking for Droid Bishop and then stick with the show. So I don't know what it is about Droid Bishop's sound, but the people who like Droid Bishop who then discover Beyond Synth because of Droid Bishop end up liking Beyond Synth, which is uh, interesting. But I have had people say, you know, like they discovered Beyond Synth and then, you know, listening to those people inspired them to go and make their own music, which is cool. Obviously, Synthetics FM has done that for people as well. There's other blogs that, uh, you know, are inspiring to people's stuff, so that's cool. But that is not Ravonia's question. He says, here's my question. How do you think the synthwave scene and community has changed since you started Beyond Synth? And what in the past 100 episodes has surprised you the most? Looking forward to the next 100. Regards, Ravonia. How do I think the synthwave scene has changed? Well, it definitely used to be smaller. (laughs) And, you know, when any scene grows, there are growing pains, I'll say. I believe the community in some ways is more active and in some ways is less active because when it was smaller, especially places like Synthetics, I I felt that there was more engagement on the posts when there was less artists. Someone would post a track and, you know, there'd be a whole bunch of people uh, reacting to it. And now I feel there's a lot of stuff that just gets posted and doesn't really get a response. So that's definitely changed. Uh, Some artists have become very popular, which is awesome. I mean, Perturbator, who's on the show later. When I talked to him at the beginning, of course, you know, he was one of the guys that got me into the scene. And since then, I mean, he's he tours. He's a very popular artist. People know who he is. I mean, it's really cool. And that's interesting to see, because when I talked to him the first time, he was still one of the more popular guys in the scene, but the scene was really small. And definitely the most surprising thing has been the crossover between metal and the synth the synthwave stuff with Perturbator, Carpenter Brute, Dance with the Dead. These are guys who have a synth sound to them. Maybe they're not necessarily synthwave, um, but they definitely have that that vibe to them and definitely like some of the inspirations come from the same place. But they attract like a metal audience. And it's really interesting. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I mean, in Toronto, that's where I am, we had the Dance with the Dead show, we had the Carpenter Brute show. And, you know, when I was at those shows, I'm looking at the crowd and going like, there's a healthy 
balance of like nerds and metal people and uh, that surprised me i'm also surprised by is that it's still going that this wasn't a fad and and the nice thing is that a lot of the artists who were there at the beginning are still making stuff and evolving their sound which is just great I mean, uh, you take Laserhawk, for example, who just came out with his latest album this year, and again, it's like a new sound. He hasn't been repeating his sound, and so that's cool, too. And I know that sometimes when fans get very attached to a particular artist, sometimes they're not as open to an artist changing their sound. But to me, you know how I feel about this. You know I love electronic music. I love synthwave and the retro-inspired stuff because I love the melody work, even when it's hard and uh, dark, you know, like, say, Perturbator, there's still some great melody work going on there, and that's that that hook that makes the songs, that elevates the songs from simple, you know, techno music that's all about the beat and uh, the tempo. So that's why why I really like this stuff. And as long as there's always that electronic element, that's where I'm I'm always going to like that stuff. I use the term synthwave to talk about a lot of different things. I know there's lots of people in the scene who have a problem with the term synthwave. I know there's a lot of people who don't consider themselves synthwave. And to be honest, I just use that term because I'm lazy. Well, how about this? I... I find this interesting to talk about. We're going to listen to another track, and then I'm going to continue on this thought. So this is a track from Missing Words. This is My Passenger.
And that was My Passenger by Missing Words. I dig the vibe on that. That's a perfect example of people who sent me tracks that had an alternate band name. (laughs) So I had to email the guy back and be like, so is your band name this or this? uh, But I won't spoil what it was, but I believe it was a Star Wars reference. But that's a cool song. So on the subject of the scene and how it's changed and what surprises me, I think with any scene, there are some things that were predictable. Not to say that it got toxic at any point, but definitely when a scene grows and people, especially in an artistic community, become popular, sometimes there's like pushback from the people who were there at the start who feel either jealous because, you know, success hasn't happened for them in the same way, or that resentment that just comes from somebody outgrowing your group. So I've definitely seen some of that as well in the scene, you know, uh, where it's a lot more positive to artists when they're starting out, and if some of them find some success, then it becomes much easier to criticize them. Uh, They become targets when, you know, they get to, you know, in quotes, too big, I'll say. But on the positive side, since I started the show, there have been... Okay, like, to be fair, there's a lot of artists who, you know, make somewhat derivative sound, uh, like sort of generic music, and then there have been some who have surprised me with the level of quality, you know, where people come out of nowhere with just amazingly produced songs, and it makes me happy as hell, man. You know, when I first heard, you know, The Midnight, for example, and I was just, like, blown away by, like, holy shit, like, this is fucking real deal, (laughs) like, professional fucking produced shit. FM 84, you know, he had my favorite song last year, and lots more examples. And then it's been nice to see the artists that I started with continue and continue to make things, because that's, it makes my job easier on the show, and... It makes me happy that uh, a lot of these people aren't like flash in the pans, you know, like and it makes me happy that I've I've cultivated a whole bunch of really great friendships. I feel like everything I'm saying now belongs in the 100th episode. (laughs) This sounds like a reminiscing thing. I feel like I'm almost going to say the exact same things (laughs) on episode 100. But that's in a a a nutshell. That's in a nutshell for me, buddy. What the fuck is a nutshell? A nutshell. <laughs> now I'm just imagining what a nutshell is. I'm picturing like Ninja Turtles, and it's like a nun, and she has like this sort of like armored armadillo body case thing that like wraps around her. <laughs> you know, when people are always like whipping rocks at nuns. The bottom line is, uh, I dig this music. It's great to see artists who are awesome be awesome. It's great to see talented people continue to grow their talent and bring more people into the scene. And it's cool to see these weird audiences, you know, like this kind of music. It's 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 awesome. And it's been nice that the show has gotten very slowly more popular. <laughs> but the... The climb, the Beyond Synth climb to being a more popular show has been a very, very slow ride. Because <laughs> there's a lot of other podcasts I've listened to where they pick up steam, you know, maybe like after their first year and they go from like, oh, we only had 500 listeners and now we've got like 12,000. And then next month it's like, hey, now it seems to snowball. And uh, we haven't really reached that snowball yet with this show, but it is steadily becoming more popular uh, week to week. Um, but very, very slowly. But I'm a very patient guy. And the bottom line is, um, I like the show, and I'm glad that people enjoy it. And uh, that makes me happy. Let's listen to some more music. This 
And thank you for your question, by the way, Ravonia. That was good. Um, this is a track called Lost in Time by 7DD9. And that was Lost in Time by 7DD9 off the Alternative Facts LP. Topical. I like that. 
I like topical. Hey, let's um, let's go to the Patreon. Alright guys, this is the Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way you can donate money to the show. So if you support the show with your cash, the show becomes bigger and better. As I said earlier, we reached our first goal, which is awesome. You can donate as little as a dollar a month, up to the preferred donation of $3,000. i am always looking for a wealthy benefactor who wants to sponsor this whole thing. So if you're rich, if you're listening to this and you're rich, it won't take very much to support this whole enterprise. But I have a very sneaking suspicion that none of my audience are rich. But if you ever come into a huge chunk of cash, what am I doing? (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) Anyways, let's thank the lovely people who donate to Beyond Synth. There's Bending Unit 22, Ravonia. Ravonia, thanks for the question, buddy, and your donation. There's Brendan Kellum, Power 85, Chris Schmokel, Common Synths, Tomas Shabubinichek, uh, Jeff Block, Mitch Wiseman, I90RR, Zychorax, Max Hutchings, Katner, Replicant81, Adrian King. Is that new? Adrian King. That sounds new to me. Thanks for your donation, buddy. I appreciate it. Adrian King, you're a cool guy. You are the king of the Pattersons. That's not true, but your last name is King. Uh, Thank you very much. There's Airman. There's Eric Valerio. Python Blue. Junk Mail Jeff. Kyle, Russell Hugo, Argen1981, Kanaz, The Fear Merchant, Seach, Data Suck, Russ Nyes, Nathan Winter, Terrence Thompson, Knox Bellow, and Lunar Baboon. Now let's go to my lovely $5 Pattersons. These people donate 5 bucks a month because they're cool. There is Kai and Saloya. Blake Peterson, Ethan Hennings, Ross Pentland. Is that new? I don't remember saying that last name. Pentland. Pentland? Ross Pentland. Thanks, Ross. You're a really cool guy. But you already knew that, didn't you? Ross Pentland. Thank you very much for your donation, dude. It means a lot to me. And then there's Stu M. Night Raptor. The Ross Conian. Mike Shima. Greg Smith, New Gat Ninja, Veilingo, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Florence Bullock, Mono Memory, Lame Robot, Dougie Fresh, John Eternal, Bobby B, Devious Raymond, De- <laughs> Devious Raymond. Devious Raven. I was about to say make a joke about Raymond noodles, but it's ramen noodles. So that joke wouldn't have even worked. I apologize. Then there's Roman and Joe and Lando. And of course, rounding out those dudes is the donation of the beast Lucas Ceballos and Hellroy, who donate 666 Satan and my lovely $10 Pattersons. These guys are the real fucking deal. There's Jake Last, Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Laser Trousers 1984. <laughs> 
Victor Garza, Ezra Van Dam, Winfield, Will Lowe, Nathaniel Rivera, Polly Digital, and Jacob Wick. Thanks you, thanks you, thanks you for donating to the Beyond Synth Patreon. It means a lot to me. If you guys want to donate, check out beyondsynth.com slash... Oh, f- I fuck that up every week. Jesus Christ. Wow. One of these days, I'm going to punch this microphone across the room. I wouldn't do that because it's very expensive. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know if you guys are the kind of people who like threw video game controllers when you got mad. I've never thrown a video game controller in my life. And I would never do it even today. You know, I have a Switch. I have a Nintendo Switch. The fucking Pro Controller cost 89 Canadian dollars. That came to $101 with tax for a controller. So if you think that I would throw that thing across the room, you're nuts. Or you're nuns. Anyways, let's listen to a track. This is Scandroid off the Dreams of Neo Tokyo album. And this is a remix, a really cool one from our buddies Dance with the Dead. This is Neo Tokyo, the Dance with the Dead remix.
And that was Scandroid, the Neo Tokyo Dance with the Dead remix. And that's cool. Uh, Scandroid's cool, and uh, he had a remix album with a lot of uh, a lot of my favorite artists on there doing cool remixes. And if you like remixes, uh, you're gonna love me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's from The Dark Knight. You know that part where Batman shows up and uh, says that to Joker and then beats up a bunch of guys? And then Maggie Gyllenhaal falls out the window and then Batman catches her and they sort of like just roll in midair and he just lands on his back on a car. Which I've never fully understood. Is he doing what a cat does? Because I remember reading an article, like a science article, that says cats survive tall jumps because they spin and every time they rotate it it makes it so it's less pressure once they hit the ground so i think that's what batman was doing but i recall not being too clear about that anyway this is completely irrelevant (laughs) so listen let's go to my conversation with perturbator 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 and uh we have a fun little catch-up this is part one of my chat with perturbator All right, and I'm here with Perturbator. Yeah, I'm here too with Andy Last. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. So, dude, you uh, you did a little short thing on the on the Christmas special of Beyond Synth, so we had a little catch up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But now we're going to do uh, we're going to do a full dive into Perturbator because it's been so many years. A lot of stuffs happened. I want to talk about you know those tours you did with like Ghost and Terminus, and then uh, you came to Montreal at one point. I mean you've uh, yeah. you've done a bunch of stuff, and so we got to fucking uh, we got to catch up. But most importantly, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. What about you? I'm all right. You all right? Yeah. You sure? I think so. I'm happy if you're happy. Good, man. Well, we can probably wrap this up. That was a that was a good talk. Good. Yeah, that was a good talk. See ya. <laughs> I just imagine. <laughs> I would love to do that, like, build up. Hey, Perturbator's back on the show, and then, uh, and then the show is literally, like, fucking two seconds long. Yeah. I tell you, you should do that someday. Now that you said it, like, people are going to expect it. Yeah, I I keep trying to do that. I feel like that's the only way I'm ever going to convince like Mitch Murder or Laserhawk to do the show (laughs) because they just they don't want to do it. I'll I'll chat with them like I chat with them all the time. But when it when it comes time to like, hey, you should do the show, then all of a sudden the conversation switches. Oh, shit. And I always uh, I've always wanted to just be like, I keep bugging Mitch Murder. I'm just like, dude, come on for like two seconds. Just say like two words. I mean, like, but he doesn't want (laughs) it. Oh, man. But, you know, it's all good, man. It's weird because. I mean, I've never met them, but I'm um, uh, just like you. I talk with them quite a lot, and you know, they sound like fun dudes. Yeah, no, I think it'd be a good show, but whatever. Who cares, man? I'm here with Perturbator right now. We're gonna focus on Perturbator today. So, man, three years. Yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> I've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last time I talked to you, I was playing Grand Theft Auto with you on the PlayStation 3. I think that was the last... We kept talking about Grand Theft Auto too. Yeah. But it was cool. It was cool. I remember playing with you. We were pretty... You we were pretty bad. Yeah. It. Yeah. I'm not... <laughs> They've added uh, so much stuff, but I have it on the PlayStation 4 now, but I don't... I don't play it as often. It's one of those games... I think there are certain games that everyone should just have, and I think Grand Theft Auto is one that everyone should just always have a copy of the latest Grand Theft Auto, just to... Every so often, I just like to boot it up and just fuck around and go on a spree and shut it off. Yeah, it's a good potty game, I guess. What have you been... Have you been doing much uh, gaming 
Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, I, I think you didn't saw me uh, using my PlayStation for a while because it broke down, and I got you know I, I switched to PC. You know, I'm, I'm one of those type of dudes. Who, like yeah, hey, PC Master Race, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those now. Well, but you were always uh, using that for your music and stuff, anyways, right? Or did you buy a specific gaming PC? Yeah, I bought a specific gaming PC. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's real douchey actually. It, it has lights and shit. It's, kinda, <laughs> it's very neon, red and black. It's very pimp. Well, that's cool. So, uh, do you hook it to your TV or do you game sitting in front of the monitor? Uh, in front of my monitor. But I have a, a gamepad and shit, so it's cool. It's the same experience, really. So what have you been uh, playing? Uh, mostly uh, Fallout 4. Mm. And some indie games, actually. If you want, I can uh, break out the Steam library and I can give you names, but that would be a bit, you know, stupid. Well, you know, we gotta we gotta kill some time here. You're here for the whole episode, so... Okay, cool. Steam library. All right, let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, <man. let's> <laughs> <laughs> and now, Perturbator reads his Steam library. All right, a lot of horror games. A lot of, uh... Oh, fuck, I've been playing a lot of Portal I know it's uh, it's an old game. It's a classic. Oh yeah, no, it's a great game. Great game. Never played that before, so I finished both of them. Doom, fucking Doom, man. The classic. Oh, like the original Doom? All of them. I did. I did like a marathon of that. It was pretty cool. I still prefer the classics. Because I remember, like, when I played, I mean, obviously I'm older than you, but, like, when I was in public school in about grade five, I remember Doom came out, or or maybe it was Doom 2, and it was on, like, five little discs, and a friend gave it to me. Yeah. And uh, how exciting it was, and just, oh, this game's so crazy, and I love when I go back and play it, and I just forgot, like, oh, you don't look up in this game, and you don't really aim either, like, you just sort of... (laughs) Just point in the direction. Yeah, I remember when I was, like, a, a very young boy i wanted to buy games for my computer and uh, i was with my parents and i wanted to buy doom like the doom collection whatever i don't know on pc Mm -hmm. and i remember my parents were kind of weird about it they said oh it's a it's a very mindless game so maybe we should buy two games so maybe doom and then something more you know smart a smart game so they they bought me Doom and Mist. I don't know if you know this game. Mist. Yeah, yeah, Mist. Yep, yep. You know, I tried Mist for like twenty minutes, and well, I think I was too dumb to figure it out. So I just <laughs> spent the rest of my life playing Doom. <laughs> yeah, I remember Mist. Like the music was good. It was very like atmospheric. Yeah, the yeah, sound effects that. and stuff. I, just, I was just fucking stuck into the game. I don't know if it was the game that was hard or if it was Kid Me that was very stupid. There's no shame there, man. Like, I've never been good at those weird puzzles where it's like you're looking at a thing. It's like, well, you have to, there's like five valves and you have to like find some hidden book that like gives you some math thing to like switch the valves and stuff. I'm like, I'd rather just yeah. be shooting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Not to sound fucking arrogant, but I'm kind of okay at, you know, puzzle games in general. <laughs> You arrogant son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Fuck it, I'm the okay. Okay, I'm okay at puzzle game. I'm sorry. For- <laughs> hey man, listen. Let's uh, listen to a track here. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll we'll talk some more. So look, when uh, when I last talked to you, yeah, we we focused mostly on uh, on your stuff from uh, what was it from I Am the Night and earlier because obviously it was years ago. But since then, you've released two really awesome albums, and we're going to uh, dive in and listen to some tracks from those. Yeah. So we're going to start with Dangerous Days, and here's a cool track called Perturbator's Theme. 
And that was Perturbator's theme from Dangerous Days. And I'm here with Perturbator right now. So talk to me about that track. Fuck, that voice you make every time you announce a track, it's priceless. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Really uh, radio friendly. Yeah, if I did the whole show like that, it would be a really intolerable thing to listen to. But maybe I'll do that one of these days. Just a terrible episode where it's just that voice the whole time. Yeah, fucking do it, man. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, talk to me about uh, about Dangerous Days. Well, actually, uh, I remember that last time we talked, uh, last time I was on the show, I mean, I kind of almost finished the album. Dangerous Days was about to get released. And since then, I found Blood uh, Music, my label. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of time to release this one because, you know, there was a lot of contracts and shit like that. It was like the real serious release. It's not just putting the fucking tracks on Bandcamp anymore. It was like real. That was when you joined Blood Music, right? Yeah. Okay. I actually joined Blood Music, and uh, but the Dangerous Days was finished. Right. So Blood Music wanted to release it, and so we had to delay the release date and do all sort of like weird shit you know gatefold for vinyls and stuff like that but it was it was worth it in the end it's i'm very proud of this album and the way it was released so talk to me about uh, about perturbator's theme this track actually it was, it's one of the fuck if i remember correctly it's one, it was one of the first track that i made for dangerous days and uh yeah it was my first attempt at making more like aggressive type music less atmospheric more action oriented i guess mm-hmm. which is now what i'm doing mostly i guess well it's cool man i dig the perturbator sound thank you man thank you <laughs> <laughs> i do i'm having this problem i'm trying to work it out but whenever i'm sincere i just don't sound sincere but i am so you're doing your radio voice yeah it's funny <laughs> like i keep bringing this up with people but every time someone says something i'm like well i dig your music and it just like <laughs> i have to say it that way but of course you know uh i mean it goes without saying I mean, Perturbator, like, there was, you know, like, two or three artists when I first discovered Synthwave that that got me into the scene, and it was your tracks. I mean, I said this on the last show. And if anybody's listening to this fucking show and wants, like, the biography of Perturbator, go back in time to episode 12 or 13 or whichever one it was when Perturbator was on the first time, because obviously we're we're in the future now. We're catching up. We're not going to deal with any of that yeah. that that stuff. But, um, you know, uh, it was listening to the, my, the Hotline Miami soundtrack. I mean, I say this on the show a lot, but it was, you know, that track, Disco, uh, Miami Disco. Miami Disco. Yeah, and... And, uh, and that track was the one where I was like doing my work and that album was playing in the background and every time it hit that song I was like what the f- what is this like this song is so fucking cool and then that's when I discovered so it was that was the portal to it finding Bandcamp finding Perturbator and then you know stumbling on artists like Ogre and, and stuff like that that were doing awesome music and so I will always uh, it's always special talking to you because it was the Perturbator that made me discover all this stuff well I have the same problem as you it's like every time someone compliments me uh, I don't know what to say except thank you yeah. <laughs> but even when I say thank you it's like uh, you know you probably think oh it, it doesn't give a shit but it's true <laughs> give a shit. I give a lot of shits well, I mean, it's. I mean, and also too. I mean, you've you've delivered very um, consistent uh, quality releases, right? So with uh, with Dangerous Days and and the new one, I saw you just released uh, another track a little while ago. You know, it's uh, it's all good, which is nice for me because it's 
you know, uh, doing this show now and getting a few more listeners, I get sent a lot of stuff, and not all of it is good. So it's nice uh, when... Can you give me a name? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's nice when talented people make music that's good that I can... I know this sounds weird, but count on it in a way, or I can just go like, whenever someone's like, hey, Perturbator released something, I'm always happy to to listen because I'm like, okay, I know this will be good, right? So... I'm gonna blush here. Let's <laughs> see it. Take a picture and put it on uh, a Jean Yves Moustache album cover. Yeah. Oh shit. I sh- Fuck, man. I'm gonna note that shit. Again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you were doing in the Christmas episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was giving you a lot of great ideas in that one, man. I want you to follow through. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> Please don't copyright any of the ideas. Everything I say on this show is copyrighted. Oh, fuck. That's one thing I forgot to say. Shit. <laughs> Actually, maybe we should... Ah, should we listen to another song? i uh, tell you what. We'll listen to another song. Yeah. And then we'll fucking uh, talk some more. Because that's what we do here, man. Yeah, let's talk some more. Let's swear more. Let's fucking swear more. Exactly. This is an adult show. There's a warning at the start. Oh, yeah, cool. Kids, don't smoke. Don't be here. <laughs> this is not a good kid show. I don't think any kids listen to this show, if I'm not mistaken. Although one dude did one time ask me to shout out to him and his family. They say that they listen to the show, like his family. And I'm like, as a family? I never quite got clarification on that. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I pictured like it was like literally like this mom and dad and like a few kids like s- sitting around a radio listening to Beyond Synth. <laughs> you have a very uh, 50s vision of, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> all sitting around the radio fucking broadcast and you know knitting and shit yeah exactly and i'm just like dude this is the wrong fucking show i mean like <laughs> especially if like look a set or on or something i'm just like we we bust out the c word quite a bit and that's uh offensive to children and and ladies what's the c word can you, can you say it to me <laughs> <laughs> you know what i always feel weird saying it if i'm not talking to a british person okay oh fuck it okay that's the only time i i even though i will say it it's just like it has to be british and it has to be done in the accent <laughs> anyways dude we're going to uh, dive deeper into dangerous days and this is a track called raw power
And that was Raw Power from Dangerous Days by Perturbator. And I'm here with Perturbator right now. It was a cool album. And uh, I dug this. This song was cool. It's got some, like, chip y things going on in there, which I always like, too, because sometimes, you know, in the case of this song, it sort of all builds up. And even though the chip tune sounds, you know, they're chip tune, they sort of add to, like, the epic feel of the song, like, as it builds. And uh, I think I heard some Street Fighter samples in there. Yeah, there is, yeah. Actually, uh, about this track, the name of the track was inspired by uh, the Iggy and the Stooges mm-hmm. album, Raw Power. It's not inspired, so I fucking stole it, okay? It's blatant. <laughs> How does your show work exactly? Because, I mean, I've seen clips yeah. of of you play and, and with, uh, you know, Terminus and Ghost and stuff like that. But, like, do you talk like, do you just play music? I mean, do you ever, like, get on the mic and say shit? Or, like, is it just pretty much just all, like, instrumental stuff? I mean, what do you, what goes on? It's mostly all instrumental. I don't talk to people. You know, you don't get on the mic and go, like, Hey, London! <laughs> it's fucking perturbator! Like, you don't do that? No. But maybe I should. Maybe you, maybe I should. With the same voice you just did. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, too, no matter where you go, you always have to say, Hey, London. <laughs> That's it, no yeah. matter where you are. Hey, London. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. <laughs> Taking notes here. Taking notes. <laughs> the show is mostly instrumental, man. And uh, I play the synths, and that's about it. I do, you know, I play some uh, specific parts of my tracks. I make sure the set list is including all the favorites, and I always change them to, you know, the tracks accordingly for a better live experience. And we have, uh, I also hire a very insane light engineer to make like cool fucking light show behind me because you know it's kind of static it's electronic music so i kind of want to have some sort of visual stimuli 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 you know i I change a lot but one thing that hasn't changed is my terrible accent (laughs) stimuli that's okay stimuli oh cool stimuli stimuli Stimuli. Stimuli. Oh, fuck. Stimuli. I think, yeah, we say stim, stim you, like we go like stimuli. Stimuli. That sounds, sounds, sounds bad. It sounds bad when I do it. You do, <laughs> I need a Andy Last talk box. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, make you a, I'll make you a voice sampler. Yeah, thank you. You can tell your lighting guy, it's like, listen. <laughs> stimuli. Shine some lights in their faces. They're going to need some stimuli. <laughs> It's a good one. How do you think your your sort of uh, whole setup has changed? When I talked to you the first time, had you done live performance? No. I think I've never done live performance when we talked the first time. Or maybe I did like a couple. Nah, I I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, actually. So when was the the first uh, performance of Perturbator? Oh, the first one. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that one. (laughs) Was it good? It was uh, in Paris... Well, it was good for what it was, I guess, which it wasn't much. It was uh, just me playing some tracks. It was uh, at Le, Le Bateau Far, Paris, which is a boat, I think. Yeah, it's a boat. And uh, yeah, it wasn't that good. It was There was no lights. There was no nothing crazy about it. But it was my first show, and I was, I was fucking shitting myself, man. I was fucking nervous. Did you, uh, did you do a lot of like rehearsing? Kind of, yeah. A lot of rehearsing, and uh, I was still fucking nervous, man. Was that just you? Yeah, it was just me. It's still kind of just me. No, but I mean, like, there wasn't, uh, like, an opener or anything? Like, it was just a perturbator show? Oh, yeah, it was a perturbator show, and if I remember correctly, there was, uh, yeah, there was an opener. 
I don't remember who that was, actually. It'd be awesome if it was a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you guys need as an opener instead of like other dark synthwave acts. Just get a comedian to do it. Which comedian do you envision? I don't know. There must be some f- French comedians out there. Uh, I'm thinking more like of a English talking comedian. Is there French stand-up? There must be. Oh yeah, there is. There is. It's awful. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can never tell. I know, like, um, I see these clips when they do the Just for Laugh Festival in Montreal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's something, you know, like, stand-up comedy is sort of like an American art form sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like the French aspect is sort of more like mimes and clowns and stuff. I mean, like, I still think they do, like, stand-up joke stuff, but I think that there's something a little broader about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's the type of thing, you know, stand-up comedy in, uh, in France, it's kind of like a a joke in itself right <laughs> a bad one not a good joke <laughs> type of show you get for when you want to you know when you want to wince a bit yeah 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 we'll talk about something cool then because we're going to move on to my favorite track on the album a track called future club and we're going to listen to it now so this is future club by perturbator classic
and that was Future Club by Perturbator. That's a cool track. I think that's my favorite one on the album. It's got a great, uh, catchy, like, melody in there that uh, I always like to listen to. Yeah, it's a favorite of many people i guess i'm not i'm not a very original guy when it comes to favorites it's always just it's like yeah that's the one everybody likes and like, yeah i guess <laughs> don't worry man you don't have to be original <laughs> don't worry i'm i have no illusions about how a derivative i am <laughs> you're an original in my heart <laughs> not to sound gay or anything no no no. i'll take it that'll be the <laughs> quote for beyond since season five perturbator says <laughs> you are an original in my heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about, yeah, this one. Well, you know what? This track was, uh, there was not no really thought put into it, actually. I think I made this track in, uh, in the span of uh, a day or something like that. Hmm. I actually made it first to showcase. I, I did it like a sort of like montage, like uh, an editing thing with uh, the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. The video game and I wanted to send it to the developers and show them like hey I can make some music for your game look what I did when is that and game I, coming out that game's not coming out for a while right actually they're very secretive about it that's the the developers the Witcher 3 right it's those guys it's the same guys yeah CD Projekt Red but they're still working on it and uh, I did a show where the guys it was in Poland and the guys from uh, the studio talked to me and they gave me some uh, secret infos and shit like that that I'm not allowed to talk about right now. <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool. They're still working on it. It's coming out someday. They're just being very mysterious about it. Well, it would be cool if some perturbators snuck on there in some fashion. It would. It would. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, performances and stuff like that, uh, we might as well talk a bit about the tour, the European tour you did, because obviously last season I had Ghost and uh, Dan Terminus on the show. Yeah. And uh, they came on together to talk about the tour, and uh, there's a lot of stories that involved you. And I know we mentioned this briefly on the Christmas special. There was uh, some stuff that was funny. Like, there's lots of funny moments in that interview with Ghost and Dan. And uh, some of my favorites were about you mm -hmm. sort of nesting in the back of the bus. Yeah. And the way Ghost referred to it was that, you know, you would just be in there for like all these hours and then just sort of like emerge from this little tent as though you're like being born, uh, <laughs> like ro rolling yeah, out of this. The van, the van was so fucking small and uh, there was three beds in the back, like three bunk beds, I guess. It was just like a little space. It's not real beds. You call it beds, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I took the bottom one, and the bottom one was uh, behind the seats. So there was like this one tiny fucking hole you had to enter to get into the, the space. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I felt I felt comfy, man. I felt it felt really comfy to be away from these clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking some tap with them, okay? Because you know they're probably gonna listen to that anyway. <laughs> So, I mean, for the people who don't know, I mean, if they didn't listen to that episode I did with Dan and Ghost, which they should, because it was a good and funny episode, what was your perspective of that whole uh, the, the tour you guys did? It was, I guess it was the longest tour I've done, and it was one of the most uh, difficult one, one, the fuck. <laughs> it's Fuck it, man. I'm my accent. You know what? You can edit that. No, I, I, don't, I don't edit this show. I don't have time. Fuck. Oh, 
damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys did, uh, you went all over uh, some European countries, and there's some sort of uh, kind of dangerous ones, and you had some sort of weird adventures with <laughs> getting your no power and going into weird war zones and shit. Yeah, there was some weird moments, man, definitely. One of the craziest moments was, I guess, in uh, Kiev in uh, Ukraine. It was like 3 a.m. I think maybe maybe they told you about this. I don't remember what they told you. But this Ukrainian guy, he's like helping us doing the loadout of all the gear. It's like 3 a.m. It's the same moment where I got lost in the supermarket. I think Dan told you about this shit. Here's what they told me, all right? Go ahead. They told me a story about when you guys got your bus held up and they wouldn't let you in and you had to sort of stay in the bus for like a really long time. They were sort of like drawing out the process of of uh, yeah. entry. There was uh, <laughs> this exciting moment where you guys found a McDonald's. We actually had to give uh, merch to some uh, military border guys so that they would let us go through. don't know if they tell you that. No. <laughs> Were they fans of Perturbator? What? I'm not sure. I think they didn't give a shit about the music, but they they saw like ghost t-shirts and Perturbator t-shirts. They said, uh, you know, with a Russian accent, like, hey, give us that and we'll let you go. <laughs> I I'm making this up. It's not funny. I know, but it's like... It's, it's, it's... <laughs> I was, it was funny. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. But it's funny to remember that. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, we can... <laughs> I would have been fucking terrified. And then they mentioned, yeah, then there was this going into, I forget what country it was, but there was this sort of exciting moment about seeing a McDonald's and then just eating this junk. And uh, I think Ghost told a story that I had to, I can't remember if I took out some of the details involving getting a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I have a Ghost tattoo, and he has a Pitchbeater tattoo. We did that <laughs> in um, Bratislava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was actually pretty cool. Well, that's cute. It's very cute. <laughs> it's very gay. You know, when, you, when you're spending that much time in a van with a bunch of dudes, things are going to get a little gay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, how about this? We'll, uh, we'll keep talking about this, uh, this tour, but we will listen to some more music. Now, this was a cool song that I dug. This was sort of a more cinematic track from the album. This is a track called War Against Machines.
And that was War Against Machines by Perturbator. And I am back with Perturbator right now. We're talking about that European tour he was on with Ghost and Dan Terminus. Now, that song is awesome. And I love right when it does that build up around the two minute mark. Yeah. Where it goes all fucking epic and cool. That's a great part. The whole track is a reference to Terminator. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a, it's kind of like a tribute to Terminator and uh, the soundtrack from uh, Brad Beadle. Did you get any fan video edits like with that track? Uh, Maybe. I didn't check. That seems like something they would do because definitely when I listen to that song, like I've had this conversation with a bunch of people about where. I find Synthwave to be the most useful in my life, like, creatively. Mm -hmm. Because I find, you know, when I walk around the streets, you know, when I'm walking around places, I tend to listen to more vocal tracks. Yeah. Like Synthwave, like the upbeat, poppy kind of stuff. That's what I walk around to. Yeah. But when I write, when I, you know, sit down to be creative and do stuff, that's when I listen to the... You know the the instrumental synthwave stuff, and it's tracks like this one that I always find really inspiring because they I, I get images. You know, like when I listen to other music, it's more about energy and giving me the energy as I walk around and do stuff. And when I listen to like Perturbator tracks, for example, that's when it just it floods my head with imagery. You know, and I just want to create something like a video or you know things like that. Especially when I listen to this song, I mean, like I I picture Terminator, like I'm picturing the fucking battlefield with these fucking robots and stuff, and it's just yeah. it, it suits it so well. Yeah, well, the the whole you know synthwave or whatever we call it in general is you know it's very visual type of music. I mean, I think even since we talked, it sort of changed a bit, right? Because this was sort of the you know, years ago, like when I started the podcast, and obviously I was like a little late to a party that it started, but it still wasn't like huge. But synthwave has come to mean it, it's be- it's become a very sort of broad term. You know, I think before yeah. you would call it basically like synthwave was outrun. It was that sort of stuff. And now I use the term synthwave to describe everything like a blanket term. It's all just all this retro 80s inspired, video game inspired, you know, even 90s electronic music inspired sort of stuff with like a new twist and it becomes this yeah. this all-encompassing term, you know? There's a lot of debates about how we should call it and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some people who get too into the the fine details of naming yeah you know and that that's why there's some electronic music genres which i find hilarious because it's just like you know well this is fucking tribal jungle fusion i'm like fuck off like why because the beat (laughs) is slightly different you know like there's all these electronic music genres where it's just like so the whole difference is this electronic music goes do 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 and this electronic music goes do 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 I'm like, fuck you, you can't define a genre because you have a fucking symbol every fucking four beats or whatever. Like, that can't be what makes a genre, you know? And you got really heated over that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the difference is, I suppose, with with the music you do, if people want to call it dark synth or something, you know, I'll be like, okay, that's fine. Like, dark synth, cinematic, you know, stuff. There will always be people like that, like, calling it fucking slasher wave, like fucking gassed. Uh, you know, in the end, it's all electronic music to me. So it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's more, uh, I guess, synthesizer-oriented electronic music is you know the least cringy term I would use. Synth music? Oh fuck, synth music! I got yeah. it. Well, Perfect. I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, because obviously there's certain ones that you know do conjure certain stuff. So I mean, I wouldn't call Perturbator synth pop, for example. Yeah, I guess yeah. 
I mean, it's kind of pop. I have some pop elements, but yeah. I agree. In my head, it just the word pop always sort of implies like a lighter tone to me, or but but that's not always true because there's some songs that it, oh, it looks like I gotta I gotta think about this now. <laughs> let's all let's all sit in quiet reflection and think about this. The word pop just reminds me of the time I was working uh, at a popcorn selling place. What you mean in a theater? Yeah, I, I worked. Uh, yeah, I sold popcorn. Before picture beta, I didn't know that. Was that you? So you're just. <laughs> well, now we got to talk about that. <laughs> With your radio voice, tell me about serving popcorn at a movie theater. Well, it's awful. It's the worst. It's like I was pretty bad at it actually, which is kind of crazy because I mean, I mean, it's not crazy, but I only had two things to do. It's like you know, salty or sugary popcorn. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are fucking assholes about it. They're like, oh, I want large popcorn salty and then you start to do it and they, they go like oh no actually i want sugary and then it's like ah oh, fuck what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird like there's just some people who are just they're just these different types of people than me because i put up with so much shit in my <laughs> like when i go out like i i will i will tolerate a fucking insane amount of shit the show is getting very dark right now well no but i don't mean to like, like <laughs> for example <laughs> Like, in the theater, you know, like, if I got, like, a shitty thing of popcorn, yeah. I probably would just suck it up and just be like, ah, okay, they fucked up, whatever. Like, yeah, well, some people don't. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. And, I mean, there have been times, dude, when I saw, like, the second Avengers movie, mm. I had the worst experience I've ever had in a movie theater, which is why I literally only go to the VIP ones now. Yeah. Where they've got, like, the big seats and you pay an extra bit of money, but they serve you food and stuff. Mm. Do they have those in Paris? No, we no, we don't. But we should. Yeah, they, yeah, they do this thing called like VIP now in some of our cinemas, where basically there's less chairs in the in the theater, but they're big, like they're actual like big chairs. Yeah, and you they serve you food at the beginning of the show, and you pay more money, and they only let adults in. So even if it's like if it's a movie like Star Wars, it still will be like 19 plus. So it's cool because then you don't have kids in there running around like being stupid, and uh, everyone else also paid like 30 bucks for their ticket. So you're in there with an audience of people who actually want to watch the film and not be assholes. Yeah, that's good. And that's the thing because I, I went and saw Avengers, the second Avengers, and I had like there was a group of two rows behind me of I'm gonna say like 12, 13 year old boys from like school and it was the fucking worst and I didn't get a refund I just sat there snapping my fingers like I would just clench my fist and <laughs> all, all the fingers would snap you know like like my knuckles and stuff oh man and they just were loud and people were telling them to shut up and they weren't shutting up and it was insane and I just fucking sat there I just sat there cracking my neck and cracking my fingers going like oh my fucking god and I didn't even wa- I should have walked out and been like give me my fucking money back that is a fucking nightmare in there and I didn't so that's the thing so when I hear about people who are like all fucking finicky about their fucking popcorn yelling at some guy who doesn't give a fuck yeah. uh, it, it frustrates me that's the moment where you realized you should have watched F- Avengers 2 on uh, fucking Netflix. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, the other problem was that the film was sort of disappointing, but uh, but compounded was the fact that this experience was terrible. It's the worst. Maybe it can- cancels each other if you have a bad experience in theater, but the movie is bad, so it's like, uh, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, because it wasn't a bad movie. It was just sort of like 
Huh, okay. That's kind of disappointing. Just talking about bad experiences in theater right now. Selling popcorn, it's shit, okay? There's a lot of families. I, I wasn't smart about it. Sometimes I used to, like, mix the popcorn because I didn't, I didn't hear what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Bad move for me. <laughs> at least you get, you, you, know, you get two flavors. It's always better than one. <laughs> well, listen, speaking of two flavors, let's listen to a, a collaboration you did on this album. Oh, man, that's a nice segue. Thank you. <laughs> that's probably the first good segue I've ever done. <laughs> this is the fucking fifth season of Beyond Synth. <laughs> And that might be the first good transition. This is a track called Minuit, featuring Dead Astronauts by Perturbator.
And that was Minui, yeah, uh, featuring Dead Astronauts, uh, cool Perturbator track. I'm here with Perturbator right now. We're talking about serving popcorn in movie theaters. Minui is the French word for midnight. I can't say it that word correctly. Uh, no, I think you're saying it pretty good. Minui, minui, yeah. comme ça, minui. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, avec uh, le le astron. What's the French word for astronauts? Astronaut. Is it? Yeah. It's the same. It's just the pronunciation. As- astronaut? Yeah, your French is on point, man. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to the, the, the show I did with Seth Ickerman, man. I think you would find it funny. <laughs> I will. I will. I, I jump back and forth between French and English on that one. So I would I would ask a question and be like, so how'd you guys come up with the idea for the video? Uh, comment tu uh, you know avec le I, I I can't fucking do French, but I, you're very no, you're very good, man. I um, like my that's my fake French is whenever I do the. Hey, mais qu'est-ce que tu uh, tu penses de les choses uh, ici? Uh, si y a pas de de quoi de de faire les choses, uh, donc uh, il y a pas de de anyway. That's it. Well, it works, man. You know, you can communicate with French people like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. All I have Maybe. to do is sort of mumble certain words. And say donk every now and again. That's my that's my French impression. Yeah. Donc euh, le chose euh, s'il n'y a pas de pense de et donc euh, de boisson. I feel like I'm next to you know I'm talking to a Frenchman right now. <laughs> the, the illusion you give is perfect. I want to say. Yeah, a, a Frenchman who's like smashed his head against a wall and has <laughs> forgotten who he is and where he lives. No, no, that's they all sound like that. So you. <laughs> So you had uh, a few old collaborators on this album. I know you also did a track with uh, Isabella Golaversic yeah, uh, as well. But uh, tell me a bit about the uh, collabs you, you did. Fuck. <laughs> Start with Dead Astronauts. Okay, Dead Astronauts. It's usually, you know, it's usually very simple. I usually make tracks, especially the, the tracks with vocals, have a certain vocalist in my head when I make them. I just, you know, I just send them over the track. They're very good friends. Usually, I rarely work with people I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it more often right now because I, I kind of want to branch out and work with more musically diverse artists and whatever. Now, does uh, does the label help with that? No. That's still you? Like, that's you that's going and finding these people? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to find them. It's pretty easy, actually, because usually they're uh, excited about doing it and they're, they often agree. And uh, I just send them the track. I give them, like, a little... Know a little idea of what the album is about, or I'll send them all the tracks from this album that I finished, or something like that. And they can, you know, they can make lyrics, or I can help them with the lyrics sometimes, you know, stuff like that. And then they send me the vocal stems, and I just mix it and master it, and you know, back and forth, this type of stuff. I never sat down in a studio with an actual vocalist. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I get a lot of people, and I see this sort of debate happen with synthwave artists who, you know, want to be on a label versus not being on a label. And a lot of times, unless it's one of the big labels, I usually sort of tell people, like, just don't bother. Like, some people feel bad, you know what I mean? Like, they, they make music and they're like, oh, I submitted it to, you know, like, Rosso Corsa, and, you know, like, they didn't like it, and they, they take it as this thing. I'm like, dude, like... I don't think you need it, but like in in the case, there are certain 
obviously certain labels that uh, uh, that are good. You know what I mean? That yeah. that provide stuff. So like, what's what's your experience now? Uh, you know, having been on Blood Music for these years versus uh, when you weren't. Well, the thing is, a lot of labels. Maybe I'm gonna sound like uh, like an like an asshole right now, but I'll, I'll say it for you. A lot of labels aren't really labels. They're just another fucking guy who's just taking your fucking music in fifty percent and providing you nothing that you couldn't do yourself. Now you go. Oh man. <laughs> pretty good pretty fucking good <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I wanted I mean in the synthwave scene you know you have a lot of a lot of these like fake I call them fake lab labels okay they're not real labels they just yeah put your music on the band camp and take half of your shit you know a real label like blood music it's interesting experience it's mostly good mostly good I want to say I'm definitely more out there like a perturbative fan wants to get a vinyl or something like that they know where to go where to get it on the internet on the labels website uh, same with merch same with everything I'm available my music is available for everyone uh, on the side is you're less free to do whatever you want right you know you have to think more with a marketing mindset, I guess, you know, you have to say, oh, I made this new track. And instead of, you know, before I was on Blood Music, I used to make tracks and just fucking post them on my SoundCloud without thinking about it too much. But now it's more like we have to set up release dates all, all the time. We have to set up all this shit. And uh, it's, it's always a lot of work. There's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes of mm-hmm. with a label. But it's always very... Rewarding, I guess. Does blood music help out with the whole touring aspect? Not, not in my case. I think the, I think blood music did two or three shows for me, uh, namely the flashback future shows, which they did booked and uh, you know provided us with all the the stuff. But uh, the Finland shows, basically, and I think there was like one festival, one metal festival that I got on with the help of Blood Music. But the rest, I have a, a booking agency that that works separately from the label. Right. Okay. And they're the one who book all the tours and you know most dates, I guess. Right. 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 Were you responsible for sort of helping get uh, Dan on there uh, on Blood Music? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think kind of I'm always you know ah it's a difficult one I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it actually but <laughs> well no I mean like cause I know when he like when I talked to Dan the first time I had him on the show I think in season three I think and it was right when he was getting signed so he couldn't talk about it yeah okay yeah the thing is uh, Blood Music sends me a lot of stuff a lot of music and it asks me like what do you think about that what do you think about this guy mm-hmm. uh, do you know about Ghost or Dan, Dan Temenis whatever and uh, there's a lot of times where I just went like oh yeah you should fucking go for it and sign this guy and uh, sign him and sign them blah 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 so I'm not sure if I'm entirely responsible for it but I think I kind of influenced it a little bit sure yeah yeah maybe not sure you'll have to ask Dan yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't want to sort of put any sort of weird responsibility where it's not. I'm just like, I was just curious about that because obviously, I mean, you guys were aware of each other. And I know Dan, I mean, I think you're one of his sort of the people who helped him out at the start. Yeah. When when he was uh, figuring out his way through doing like uh, this type of music, he, he did cite you as uh, helping him out and stuff like that. I was, uh, yeah, I felt like I was like his father or something like that. It was very cute. <laughs> I just felt more comfortable knowing that you know i'm not the only electronic 
synthwave dude on this label and uh, I was very happy to know that when Ghost signed to Blood Music and Dan signed with Blood Music I was very happy I always thought it was cool to be label mates with those guys yeah yeah Same yeah Dynatron and Tommy86 Dynatron's been doing some fucking cool stuff yeah yeah actually yeah I saw him uh, in Helsinki mm-hmm. and he was here the first thing he told me when he saw me, he said, man, I thought you were taller. You know what? <laughs> Everyone says that to me, too, because I don't know, like when I talk on the mic and I talk into this thing, and maybe it makes me sound like a bigger guy, but I'm actually like a medium-sized dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm 5'9". Okay, you're 5'9". We're not too far away from each other. You know, when I met uh, Adam McNabb for the first time when he was in Toronto, filming a movie yeah that was the first thing he said to me right because he's six foot something yeah so like you know we're we're walking at each other and then and then like once we finally get near it's just like oh you're a little shorter than i thought you'd be and i'm just like yeah (laughs) i mean technically average average north american height i think is like 510 all right and i am pretty much like i'm 59 i'm a little bit big taller than 59 but and the weird thing is the majority of the the people i know like my friends that i grew up with we're all kind of the same height, which is just weird. Like, we're all kind of around that height. And so when I went to college is when I met other people. And, like, now I have a lot of friends who are, like, kind of taller than I am. But, like, I just found it weird growing up. I never felt short. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, yeah, anyway, that's that's my story about height. <laughs> my height is normal. In France, I guess it's the average. Um, I'm around 5'8", maybe a bit more. I'm not sure exactly. Even though I, I know the average height is 5'8". I believe, but like everyone I know hovers around the five six to five sort of eleven sort of zone. That's where like the majority of the guys I know sort of float. Yeah, I'm actually the exact same height as a uh, guest. <laughs> and uh, I remember when we were in fucking Berlin, Germany. Everyone else, everyone in the audience was like fucking two meters tall. <laughs> we were just trying to go somewhere outside to smoke or something like that and we had to fucking walk in the middle of the crowd and people wouldn't even notice us we were like very small compared to them i'm always amazed by either side of the spectrum like when i see really tiny people i'm always just like wow what's your life like it must be so weird like just uh when people are really small uh and then at the same time when i see really tall people too i'm just like jesus that must be a pain in the ass i mean i barely fit on my fucking bed (laughs) and then like to, to to add like an extra like two feet on top of that i'm just like how the fuck do you like i'd be smashing my head on shit all the time yeah i think you're being offensive to like both end of the spectrum right now (laughs) the bottom line is short people and really tall people are a bunch of fucking assholes yeah they suck (laughs) anyone listening if you're if you're taller than me you're not normal (laughs) well listen since we just pretty much focused on uh on dangerous days here yeah. I want to uh, also devote that same amount of time to Uncanny Valley. So how about we split this in half and uh, and we make this a fucking magical two-parter? How about that? Oh, yeah, man. Let's fucking do that. Great idea. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
And that was Perturbator. Join me next week or next time, just in case I fuck up and I don't put an episode out. Uh, Join me next episode for the continuation of my chat with Perturbator. We move forward in time to his next album and talk about some more gibberish. So let's end on a track today. Uh, End this thing with some fucking energy, man. Uh, That's what I like to do. This is a track from Le Matos of the Join Us album. Of course, they were on the show a few weeks ago, and I saw them uh, play live with Carpenter Brute, and that was pretty cool. This song is called Sarah, and uh, you're going to like it because it's fucking awesome. And I will talk to you guys next week on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And this is Le Matos.